What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Welcome back to Confident as Fuck. We are here with a guest today. No more solo podcast this month. We are back here with Nicole BG. I'm so excited to talk to her today. We are going to be talking all things brand strategy, personal life, all the things. So I'm super excited to talk to her. If you guys don't know, Nicole is a wealth coach and branding strategist who specializes in working with female entrepreneurs. So right up our alley. She's also really focused on success and growth strategy, authentic communication. She's a wife and a mother of four. So she's always balancing, which you guys know I love balancing work and personal life. So I'm excited to get on with her. Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining us. I'm so excited for you to be here. Absolutely. Same. I'm so glad that we finally got a chance to do this. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We had it on the books a while ago, and then I'm actually really excited that it kind of took a second for us to get back on the books because I'm in a new space and, you know, we're just, the universe just always works out. So yeah, I'm excited and thank you and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are in your own words. I always ask people to do that because I'm going to, you know, give my (laughs) intro to you, but I feel like it's way more personal when someone else does it and tell us what your business is. Yeah, for sure. So I am Nicole BG. I am a wealth and success coach, like you had mentioned, and I specialize in working with females in their brand strategy, success, growth, dream life, all of the things. There is nothing off limits. Being in the industry for 14 years, I've mastered pretty much everything that I have in my offers. So I don't talk about mastering anything that I haven't implemented in my life to begin with. Me, who I am, I really think that I'm a free spirit stuck in a domesticated body. (laughs) I have so many dream lives and life is so short. So I'm just going after all of them. Like you, you had a pretty good idea of everything at the beginning when we started here, but I'm a wife and a mother of four. And so, yes, my life is full of balance. And while I like to think that I have that down pat every day, throws a wrench right in my steering wheel. So, so yeah, it's a balance. It's a balance of mastered balance and continuous practice balance. So I love that. Yeah. I love that you put that like a balance of chaos because it's so true. Like chaos can be happening all the time, but you know, it's like how we deal with it, how we balance it out. I've really been leaning into this, like I think I was always, when I first started my business, I wanted to to be all about my business all the time. And I thought that that was going to make me successful. And then I really have been leaning into like, there's a whole other part of my life that has literally nothing to do with my business, but everything to do with who I am. And that's, you know, taking care of my home, like taking care of my husband and his business and like taking care of our dogs and like all the domestic things that I do and leaning really far into that. And balancing it because life is balanced, right? Like life takes us balancing things. We can't be all or nothing. And I used to really try to operate that way and it just doesn't lead us to success. So I love that you implement that so much. 
Yeah, absolutely. I really have been focused on kind of leading with the finding what you're passionate about and learning how to make money after you find that and not trying to make money and then trying to fall in love with it, what you're doing, because the whole point of entrepreneurship is really just finding that passion and finding what you love and then learning how to make money, right? Because entrepreneurship is just leading with that with that passion and not trying to make money first and say, okay, well, what do I love about this? And, and trying to figure it all out from there. So yeah, it definitely is the, the balance and the chaos and, um, just leading from the heart hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's super important. Um, I see a lot of people doing it the opposite way, but I do think that that can definitely work for its time being, but I think it's that saying keeps ringing true in my head. Like, when they say, or it's like a real sound where it says, when they say you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, but you actually work 10 times harder. And I've been noticing that. And I was speaking to my husband about this and I was saying like, I never feel like angry or sad or any type of frustration with, with working more. Like, and I think that's because we both do what we love. He never does either. You know, we work a lot and I think it's because we love it and we love what we do, which is such a blessing. I mean, such a, such a blessing, but yeah, leading with your heart is super important. So, and I think when you do it that way, it becomes easier to balance. It becomes easier to set it down for a second and move to something else that you also love. So let's do a little weekly fave and confidence corner. Do you have something you're loving this week? So actually, yes. Speaking of that, these tank tops from Target. (laughs) They're My like tank top is from tops. Target too. Yeah. That is so funny. Like We're literally tops. wearing the exact same outfit almost. I, I seriously <laughs> thought that when you came out, I was like, are you here somewhere? Like are you peeking in my windows, <laughs> but no, they have a built-in sports bra and I actually bought them for pickleball, but I love them. They're just so comfortable. They feel like really silky and I just bought every color. So they're in the athletic section. Love that. But, love that. Yeah. And do you have something you did this week that made you feel confident? Absolutely. So it's actually kind of the last couple of weeks that have finally come to a close this week. And that was closing my membership to open the doors to a new offer. And and that that made me feel confident because um, being a seasoned coach in the industry, I always felt like I had to have a membership, right? And um, while I had a lot of loyal people in the membership, it just wasn't, I didn't feel aligned with it. Like, I feel like every time I signed on for a training or I was doing the pre-work, it was just like, oh, I just don't feel, I don't love it. And I'm just at a season in my fucking life where like, if I don't love it, I'm not doing it period. So that made me feel really confident. And it actually, um, it, it kind of just pushed me into that, like next level that I've been trying to get into, you know, confidence wise. And just being on here today, like I finally did my makeup for the first time in a hot minute and I was like dancing to music and I just felt like I felt really aligned with it and just really myself for the first time in a while, just navigating through some things in my personal life. So yeah, those are two things actually, but it's amazing. Yeah, I know I'm popping her cherry on being back on podcast. So I'm so excited. Well, this is your, is this your first podcast interview ever? This is my first podcast interview ever. Okay. So exciting for you. <laughs> super, super exciting. My first podcast interview, I was a complete wreck. So oh my God, <laughs> I literally had, I felt like I tried to script the whole thing. It was just, yeah, yeah it was really bad. So 
congratulations. Thank you for letting us be your first podcast ever. I thought it was your first podcast back. So I'm so sorry. I really botched that. That's okay. Yeah. I've been interviewed on lives and on vlogs and I just, there have been podcast invites several times and I just haven't felt aligned or I I haven't felt ready or honestly, I just didn't have the time. And this just felt really exciting to me. And so, yeah, I'm really happy to be, have you popping my cherry as well. Yeah, me too. Thank you. I haven't had my cherry popped in a couple decades. (laughs) I love that so much. (laughs) Okay. So let's kind of get into it. So I know a lot of your brand is about authentic communication. We also talked about you working with women in recovery and sobriety. So can you tell us why those two things are really important to you and to speak through your brand? Yeah, absolutely. So authenticity, you know, it's like one of those buzzwords that goes around the industry and a lot of people use it and that's great. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't use it authentically. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) You know, authenticity is super important to me because when I'm authentic, I feel like the people in my space can be authentic. And that just makes me love the space even more. When I come in and I have to force things or I have to lead with things that I'm not aligned with, it's just really uncomfortable for me. And I just don't live there anymore. Obviously, being in the industry for a decade and a half, I have had practices that haven't always been ethical. Like, I think we've all went through those phases, right? But like, especially entering into a season of sobriety, like the entire time I was a drunk, I was successful, but I wasn't authentic and I was hiding things and I was lying about things and I was using different things to create success. And I don't want to be that person anymore. So they really just go hand in hand because when I decided to get sober, that was really like I don't want to fuck around and find out anymore. I want to live my life, the best version of myself, the highest level version of myself. And that just didn't include being fake. It isn't a fun space for me. It isn't a creative space for me. It's a really stressful space for me when things just aren't coming from a place of love and are more coming from a place of lack. And so for me, those things go hand in hand. And by any means, am I not saying that you have to be sober to be authentic? But for me, that was like, if I'm going to get sober, I'm going to do it the right way. There is no point in being dry and still carrying on these nasty practices that just don't serve anybody. Um, But more so, I just think that everybody would really benefit from authenticity at 110%, you know, like maxed out because you're just happier. You feel fulfilled. And and when we feel fulfilled and happy in our own space, we're not trying to fill it with a bunch of bullshit. And, And we see a lot of that in the industry. And I really think that comes from a place of lack and a place of inauthenticity. And so instead of using the word, actually learning how to practice the word is just really important to me. So that is, that has become the foundation of my teachings and my programs. I love that. I think, you know, becoming sober, you have to be more honest, right? You have to be honest with yourself. That's like one of the, pretty sure that's one of the first, I don't know if that's a step. My parents are both addicts as well. So they are both sober, been sober most of my life. But yeah, I think you have to get honest. You have to look in the mirror. You have to admit things to yourself and to others. And so I think that that comes with it. And so I love that you're carrying that over to not only your life and your practice, your daily practices, but also your business. I do think that that word gets used a lot and it's scary to be authentic sometimes. I think it can be really scary. It can be a little intimidating, Mm -hmm. especially when you're first starting, you know, 
we want to, we hear all these things in manifestation that are like, be the person that you want to be now. And I think sometimes that gets a little confused with being like fake or faking it till you make it. And I think there's a really beautiful way that we can manifest and be that person and act in the way that that person would act, but still be true to who we are. You know, they say more money makes you more of the person that you are. So it shouldn't change who we are by manifesting this new and big person. If that includes more money and more things and more success, it should make us more of who we are. And that should allow us to be more authentic. I was actually just talking about this on a a solo podcast I did last week where when I'm more authentic, no matter what situation I'm in, I think it opens the door. And this is kind of what you were saying with your clients. Like it allows everyone else in my space to be more authentic as well. And it just creates this beautiful like openness where like if I'm open, they're open too, and they have the ability to be open. They don't feel like they have to like hide or make things seem a certain way. So I really love that practice. And I love how much you're implementing it. And talking about being sober, you work with a lot of people in the sober community. You were saying, so tell us kind of like, what was that breaking point for you where you were like, I have to get sober? And why was that so important to you? And why is it so important to you now? Sure. Absolutely. Just touching on the the scary part of authenticity too, because that will kind of roll into what made me finally get sober is I think that a lot of people, they have this fear-based thought of being authentic and being themselves and pulling the curtain back. Right. I really, honestly, just in my personal and professional experience, don't think that it's the authenticity practice itself. That's scary. I just think the thought of it is scary to a lot of people. And I feel like once they just put one foot in front of the other and actually step into that authentic energy, they feel how not scary it is and actually leave a lot of fear behind. So I just wanted to touch on that quick. And yeah, moving forward into why I decided to not only get sober, but just enter a life of recovery. I have spent basically my entire adult life. I'm going to try not to get emotional because then I just go off on tangents, but if it happens, it happens. You know, I've spent my entire adult life suppressing things with alcohol and it started at an early age because I had been involved with drugs and got sober from drugs and then moving into becoming a mother so early, being in a toxic relationship, and then just having that almost like codependent view on everything. Like I I, I almost had to be in toxic relationships because that was what I knew. And I tried to fix people. And so A lot of the things that I had went through in my life, whether it was super successful or it was um, devastating or destructive, I suppressed a lot of that with alcohol because I couldn't handle the really good and I couldn't handle the really bad. And for me, when I was drinking, I was in the middle of that. And so over the last, I would say 14, 15 years, I have built several six-figure businesses and I was a very highly functioning alcoholic, but I had tried to get sober several times and you know, I had done everything from AA. I have done smart recovery. I have been on antabuse. I have been through detox and inpatient programs and outpatient programs and hybrid programs and all of these things. And last year, September 5th, I had gotten to the point, it was around 7 30 PM. And I had polished off probably almost three bottles of wine in like a four hour period. And 
and I just got to probably the lowest place and which is shocking because I've been, I've been in some low places in my life, but I just sat down and I, I just wanted to die. I honestly just, I didn't even want to exist anymore. I didn't know. I didn't know that a, a human could feel this kind of pain. Sorry. Okay. And I honestly just said to my husband and one of my close friends at the time, I just like, I can't do this anymore. It's so exhausting and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And, and so I did. And the next morning I looked in the mirror and I almost like manifested slash quantum leaped into this like new version of myself that day. And I just looked in the mirror and I said, this is who you're going to fucking be. And you're going to start being her right now. And I did. And I never looked back. And I called the treatment center. And by the time I actually got to the treatment center, I had been so good at focusing on recovery that they were like, you're past the detox phase. You're past everything. Like, we don't feel like you need impatient. Like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I think I fucking got this. Like, I really think that I've got this this time. And I had never felt this way before. Like before it was always, Oh, I like, I can't even imagine not drinking and when's the next relapse going to be and, and all this stuff. And I just didn't feel that way this time. And I really think that that honest conversation with myself and just looking myself directly in the eyeballs and saying, this is who you're going to fucking be. And you're going to do whatever it takes to be this person right now changed my life. And literally since that point, everything that I have done in my business in my personal life, when it comes to grocery shopping, like down to buying a car, it's that it's, does this support my dream life? Does this support that person that I talked to in the mirror the other, that month, the other day, it's been 11 months. And is this going to support me in my up and coming endeavors? And if it does, I do it. And if it doesn't, and it doesn't make me happy, I say, fuck no. And honestly, getting sober and having that conversation with myself that day has completely changed my life and how I do everything. And it really was, I was terrified. I was terrified because I knew that I had to come to terms with so many things. And I was terrified to do that. I had to be honest with people. I had to be honest with myself. I had several amends to make and kind of this like shell of a person had to be cracked open. And that itself was terrifying to me. And it's crazy because my husband asked me the other day, like, you're coming up on a year of sobriety. So don't let your mind trick you into saying, well, you've done this for a year. You've got this. You're not an alcoholic. And I looked at him and I said, it doesn't even fucking matter if I am an alcoholic or if I just had a problem with drinking, I don't want to go back to that place. It's not the label for me. It's who I was as a person. And I didn't want to be that person anymore. And so it was that fear of actually being an authentic person and having to have that deep rooted, honest conversation with myself and other people that just terrified me. And so I just kept it on the back burner and I just wasn't ready. September 5th of 2022, I was fucking ready. And it was that two second conversation that I have with, had with myself in the mirror that's completely changed my life. And I truly genuinely believe in manifesting and quantum leaping. Now I didn't before I thought people were crazy. And now when I tell people, how did you get sober? And I say, I quantum leaped and they're like, that is bullshit. And I'm set. I said, <laughs> I have all the paperwork from 15 years of trying to get sober in clinics and through AA and all of this stuff. And I'm telling you right now, 
become one with yourself and have a true and deep conversation with yourself and be honest with yourself. And you can do fucking anything you put your mind to 100. And I am evidence of that. I totally love that because I think, you know, when I had a a similar situation where I had some, some trauma in my past that I had tried and tried and tried to heal and forgive and forget and like really try, like, I mean, when you're talking about going to different treatments and stuff like that, like that's kind of how I feel about, I'd done so many courses and I had written a letter to my mom and like all this shit. And it never really clicked until I had a two second conversation with my husband who forced me to get really honest and Mm -hmm. say like, Alicia, you are fucking holding on to this because you want to. And let's just talk it out and let's release it right now. And I've had that conversation with every boyfriend I've probably ever had because it's been something that's always been there. So I think getting honest is really so key to so many different things and healing. So even if you're listening to this and you don't have a problem with alcohol or substance or anything like that, I think what we can all take from this is honesty is so fucking powerful. Not only honesty with other people, that's important too, but honesty with ourselves and getting really, really fucking honest, not just like a little honest, which is what I've always tried to do, but getting really fucking honest. And I love that that is the basis for your story. I mean, that's amazing. I feel like it's just, it rings true. It can ring true to so many people is getting really honest. You mentioned too, when we were talking in voice message that that was also around the time that you were going through a lot of other things like chemo and hiding that, I think is what you were talking about. So can you kind of explain that and tie that in for us and where that is on the timeline? Yeah, absolutely. So the beginning of last year, my doctors had found some abnormal cells on my cervix and which I have been on this journey before. And I hit it because I thought that, you know, it was just dysplasia or we could take care of it with a leap or just some, you know, random treat. I don't even want to say random treatment, just a small treatment. Right. And come to find out they were cancerous cells. And so I had went to these appointments by myself, not telling my husband to this day, I don't even know why I didn't initially tell him. I think I was just trying to keep everything good and balanced at our house because, well, I was an alcoholic and I worked a lot in my business. And so I just, I wanted to keep everything externally happy because I created a lot of chaos with my drinking. So once I had started my treatment options, they said, we can either do an IV treatment or we can do this trial oral chemo which I had had done before, not the same brand or not the same trial, but I decided to do that because I could easily hide it. And as it progressed, as the treatment progressed, my drinking progressed. And at that point, I remember getting home from the bar one night and just falling to the floor. And my husband said, like, what the fuck is it? (laughs) And I said, it's just It was creating so much chaos internally that I just couldn't hide it anymore. And so I told him, and that was a breaking point. I mean, I think a lot of issues that we were having caused by my drinking and caused by me hiding a lot of my drinking that came to a head. 
And he said, is this the reason that you've been drinking more? And I said, yes. And so once it was out, it was almost like I had this validation that I was allowed to drink even more. And it was okay that he knew about it because I had a reason now. And now that I just said that out loud, I think that the reason why I was hiding it from him is so because I knew that I would drink more and I didn't want it to get out of hand. I thought that I had everything hidden and I was keeping my drinking excessively a really good secret. And I felt like him knowing that I could drink more and him know that, and it would just all be blown. Right. So my drinking continued to get worse and I was at the bar more and more. I was always making sure that my kids were taken care of and everyone was fed and the bills were paid and everything was done, but everything was based around my drinking. So Eventually I had gotten done with my treatment and we had went in for testing because I had a surgery to get everything removed this past January. It would have been the following January in this time frame, And I was clear of cancer. And not only that, a week before I was about to get my surgery, I was clear of the HPV that had caused the cancer, which blew my mind because I was under the impression that once you had it, that type of cancer or that type of HPV, it was there forever. And so I was just like going through all these fucking things. Right. But yeah, my drinking had gotten excessive and the breaking point happened about the beginning of August. And I got sober on September 5th. So between August and when I got sober, the drinking had gotten like to the point where I was starting to forget stuff. And I was for the first time in my business, noticing things declining. And I just couldn't keep up with everything. I couldn't keep up with the things that I was hiding. I couldn't keep up with business. I couldn't keep up with my kids as they were getting older and joining sports and between different households and all of this stuff. And so I just couldn't do it anymore. Everything finally came to a head and it was just too much. And I can honestly say that if I didn't quit drinking that day, I would either be dead, divorced or both. And I can't even wrap my head around why I didn't do it sooner. When I say all of that out loud, it's like, how in the fuck was I doing all of this? Like, how was I balancing all of this? How was I juggling all of this? But that is what's so beautiful about my life now is it just, it is so easy, but I tend to have that trauma bond with my past as well. So sometimes things come up like, is this supposed to be this easy? Is life supposed to be this easy and this abundant? And so old Nikki will come in and try to create some chaos. And so I do have to be mindful of that, which I'm getting really fucking good at because she is a bitch. She can be a bitch. <laughs> but yeah, I think that we all was... have that, that like old us that wants that like chaos or, or wants, oh, just that, wants like... to come out and play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell her politely. No, <laughs> <laughs> sit the but, fuck down, please. <laughs> yeah. Last year was the most challenging year of my life without a doubt. Yeah. I can't even believe that it's only been like less than a year since all of that went down. I mean, that is insane. And update us on where you are cancer-wise. So you had the surgery in January to remove and everything is gone. Is that right? So I actually just did a partial and I kept my ovaries so that I could not have menopause menopause I was gonna say hot sweats (laughs) I didn't want all of that and so he said 
you know, you can prevent that. And also he told me that now there's research shown that women who keep their ovaries live longer. And so I was like, hell yeah, let's go. But yeah, it, it, it is crazy that it's only been 11 months because I'm telling you, Alicia, like the day that I got sober was the first day of living my best fucking life. Like I had the worst year of my life followed by the best year of my life. And it was in such a short time frame that, I mean, that is just evidence how beautiful life can get when we just flip a switch. That's crazy. I mean, this, you know, anybody who's listening probably knows that Renee's dad passed away from stage four colon cancer just recently, last two months. And so this is something that's super, super heavy on my heart and very, very important to me is talking about this stuff. I was telling Nicole in our DMs that it just, Renee and I were just talking about how we really want to share more about his dad's story. And, you know, I kept everything a little bit not hidden, but um, I was discretional with the things that I shared because he was still going through it. And I want to keep that not really my story to share. I just share my experience, but yeah. So I really want to just, first of all, thank you for coming and being honest about all this and being open and open book, because I think it's really beautiful talking about this stuff and being open and, you know, shedding some light that maybe someone else will hear and say like, holy shit, I'm going through something similar or holy shit. Like I, when I listened to some of these things or when I saw Renee's dad go through this stuff, I was like, I literally have nothing to fucking complain about. I have nothing to complain about. I have nothing that is this big and I have to put myself um, in somebody else's shoes. And so anyways, I think the biggest part that I hear in your story that's so moving is the honesty, the openness and the vulnerability that you've had. And I'm so happy that you were able to be honest with your husband too. I think that's a huge part of this story is being honest with him. And how was his reaction with everything? Like I'm, you guys are still married. So I think that it probably made you guys way stronger going through all of this. Girl, I'm telling you right now, my husband and I met on Tinder. We were literally engaged like a month later and we were married six months after we met and we have been through fucking hell and back. This absolutely made us stronger. And the last year we have really gotten to know each other. We've been together for over four years now. And this is the first year that we've really, I mean, really gotten to know each other before it was just, you know, that first year of like, we're kind of like showing ourselves, but we're not really showing ourselves. And obviously heavy drinking. I was never a hundred percent myself and we had went through pregnancy loss. And so that was really devastating for us as well. And now we have just been in this space where we're just moving with each other. And his reaction was at that point, kind of numb. He had gotten to the point with my drinking where he just ignored me and we were kind of just living like our own lives, right? Like we still did things together, but when I was drinking, it was just, we were just separate. So his reaction was, oh, you're going to quit or you know, like, I wonder how long that'll last. And his reaction to the cancer was like, I just can't even, I can't believe it, but it doesn't surprise me at this point that you hid it from me. But now, like when we look back at it, I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, like what I just, some of the things, some of the things that we went through were just like, how are we both still here? But yeah, we are doing great. 
he's my best friend. This is honestly the best relationship overall that I've ever had in my entire life. And the fact that we've been through all of these things and got all of that out of the way is just astounding to me. It's, it's incredible what you can achieve, especially with somebody else when, when we are just honest. I mean, we have to have that honest relationship with ourselves before we can really have a solid bond with somebody else. And I am finding that out at 36 and I just couldn't be more grateful for it. Honestly, the relationship that I have with myself is like, it's like no other it's before I was very, I was confident, but I was insecure when I was by myself. I would pick myself apart in the mirror. And now it's like, girl, hello world. (laughs) (laughs) I love that too. I think you hit the nail on the head. Like we really have to, once we're honest, we're able to have a deeper connection with somebody and a real connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what Renee and I experienced after I had that little epiphany with my trauma stuff. And then his dad going through all this stuff. I mean, we just had to be more, we had to be more connected or else it could have, could have torn us apart. And yeah, that connection is like so different after you're honest with yourself. And then you get to be honest and open with your partner and you don't feel like you have to like be a certain way or hide anything or like, I mean, it's, it's really, really astounding to me. Sometimes I'm still like, what the fuck? Like we are literally on such a better page and we've been together for almost 10 years. And I feel like it's like, what the fuck were we doing before? Like what? Oh, I know. Like I look back and I'm like, we were just talking about this is like when we started our business, Renee had, I was still working another job. Renee had saved up like a decent amount of money to start this business. What we thought was a decent amount of money. That money when we started the business was literally gone in like two weeks, but he was so proud of this money that he had saved up. And I remember this day so clearly because I didn't get it. Like he had saved this money by working his job. We were walking to dinner and he said, like, he showed me the bank account. This is back when he controlled all the finances. And I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Cause I didn't want to know. Cause I didn't trust myself with money, but he was like, showed me the bank account. And he was like, look what I did. And I, I just ignored it. Like I was, I mean, I was like, oh, cool. Like whatever, but I didn't get it. And so I think about that all the time because I think like how disconnected we truly were even though we had done so many awesome things like moving across the country and saving that money and focusing on our goals, but I didn't get it in the way that I get it now. So it's like, it's interesting to look back and think like, how the fuck were we even surviving like together? You know, we were just kind of like playing this role almost is how I see it. Like you were saying. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's really beautiful to see and to watch other people experience that too because it's, it's life-changing. It really is life-changing and relationship changing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about wealth since we're talking about money. Yes. Because you wrote a post on wealth and your definition of wealth and building wealth and what it takes to build wealth, which I found really, really inspiring. So tell me about wealth and your definition of wealth. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that The definition of wealth and how we are growing it is definitely evolving and changing with the economy and just this next generation. And, you know, I think the roles that men and women are playing in building their empires. So I think a lot of that's changing. 
I am all for a full circle wealth type of experience. And what I mean by that is when we have emotional, mental, physical, and financial success, and it just it intertwines with each other, wealth just naturally grows. I think there's this misconception that wealth is all about money, which is crazy that we base this experience off of an object, right? Um, but it really is just having having that deep conversation with ourselves about detaching from an object or a specific amount. I really think that an abundance of wealth is where that comes from. Just being in tune with everything that goes into building a successful business that can generate income that can generate wealth. Because like you were saying earlier, the amount of money shouldn't change the person that we are. So that all kind of has to stay in sync and in balance as we're growing, as we're scaling, scaling, not only our business, but scaling our life, right? Like we want to have the money coming in with less going out, but we also want to have abundance coming into our life with less going out as well. And that happens when everything is in sync, everything is in tune with each other. So I think this misconception that people have about wealth is, you know, I guess, technically speaking, it is about money. But wealth is really an abundance of a resource. And so if money is your only resource, you're going to find yourself in a, a space of lack. If your abundance of resources is consistent of money only, and you don't have that emotional and mental and even physical attached to it, how is one aspect of wealth going to stick with you as you evolve and, and serve you your entire life, right? So the foundational piece for me, especially when I get people into my women, into my close proximity spaces is building a foundation that will support all areas of wealth as you grow and as you scale your business. Because if you have an abundance of money and you have a piss poor attitude, you're going to go broke eventually. But if you have a really, really good attitude, but poor relationship with money, you're going to go broke eventually. Right? So those things have to be in tune. And like I said, before, I think there's that misconception that wealth is just based around money. And I think that's where that is changing because when we've talked about wealth before, like in the early 2000s and like, you know, kind of beyond up until like this 2020 range, wealth is money. It's luxury. It's, it's all of these things. And especially in the industry that we're in the social media space, a lot of people were leading with that, the luxury things and the vanity and all of this stuff. And wealth is just deeper than that. You know, wealth, wealth is a part of your legacy. Wealth is gr growing with you and evolving with you. If you just have money, you just have fucking money. If you just have a good attitude about things, you just have a good attitude about things. Wealth is everything. So for me, a lot of people don't want to invest a lump, a large lump sum of money in the type of mentorship that seasoned coaches like myself have to offer because it's not about the number that they're spending. It's about the conversations they don't want to have with themselves and the things that they have to come to terms to. And people knowing that, it's it's scary thing. It's a scary thing. When it comes down to investing in mentorship or branding or, or whatever you're investing in to grow your business or, your, or grow in your life, is it really about the amount or is it about the time that we have to spend having those conversations with ourselves that are really uncomfortable and evolving and getting off the hamster wheel, because that's fucking scary. And it takes time and it's, you're stepping into the unknown, <gasps> right? 100%. So when I talk about wealth and I talk about building that sustainably and as a good foundation in your business and your life, 
that's scary to some people because that's kind of stepping into the unknown and people know that if they're going to build that type of that type of legacy and that type of empire it's going to take doing something different than what they're doing now and that's fucking scary so i could sit here and talk about wealth all day and every day you know i it's literally what i do but there's so many different facets that people don't realize go into it and so many different journeys that you have to take that people don't want to take. Yeah. But then they say, well, I want wealth. I want to build wealth. I w- what do you know about wealth though? And what are you willing to do? Because like I said, if, you, if you're just wanting to make a bunch of money, you're just going to make a bunch of money. And if you're just going to have you know, your emotional space and your emotional space, the way that it is, you're just going to have that. If you have them both together, that is wealth and that is sustainable. If those are balanced. hundred percent. And I, I totally agree. Like wealth is, I love your definition and your, how it's all encompassing because yeah, when we have, I mean, we see the prime examples all the time, right? People who are super wealthy and end up super unhappy, right? Or are angry all the time or stressed out or whatever. That's a really obvious example. But I think I love the flip side that you gave of like, if you just have this like positive attitude, but you have a horrible relationship with money, which I I do see in other people sometimes like the lack versus abundance Mm -hmm. mindset, you know? And that, yeah, I mean, that is a huge shift for people to make when you don't have a lot of money where you're like, how can I feel abundant? How can I feel this certain way when it's not actually true yet? And so what is your advice for that? For someone who's like, I'm not making any money in my business yet. I'm trying to feel abundant, but I still feel really scared of investing in coaching containers or Mm -hmm. investing in a new software or whatever it may be, right? Like taking that next step and wanting to feel abundant. Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of advice for that. My number one piece is kind of what we talked about before is finding what you're passionate about and learning how to make money after you fall in love with what you're passionate about. You know, I see so many people just joining a business or doing this or doing that or doing that because it's free and it's easy and then trying to fall in love with it. But the money isn't going to be moved if you're not passionate about it. I truly believe in yin and yang and the universe bringing you what you can handle. And that comes back to the people, you know, that you had mentioned that have this overflow of money, but they're unhappy and they're stressed and they're angry. And it really comes down to can you fucking handle earning that much money? And most people can't. And that's because they haven't fixed the innards yet, right? Like we can't just expect to grow this big empire and have high level clients and have all this abundance of money coming in if we're not emotionally and mentally ready for that, right? So many people say, I want this big business and I want tons of clients and I want all this money coming in. Can you handle that? Because I make thirty to forty thousand dollars a month, and you know, I, on a bad month sometimes, and sometimes I can't handle it. So it's really that constant practice of loving what you're doing, honing in on it, staying there, checking in with yourself, and making sure that you can handle what you want. Because a lot of these people, I see it all the time in network marketing, especially these people will join a company for a dollar and then they'll try to fall in love with it, but they're not making any money. Well, first of all, if 
Just say if you joined this company and you had $100,000 hit your bank account and 5,000 people come to your downline, are you ready for that even? Like we have to do the inner work before we can expect the universe to give us a lump sum of money, period. The reason why people are broke is because the universe knows that there's not, they're not ready yet. And I am evidence of that. There have been several times where the universe has said, no, you're not fucking ready for these level of clients. You're not ready for this large lump sum of money. You're not ready for this stuff yet. And I would, and, and then I would come in and I would try to fill these voids of no money coming in, or I would try to fill these voids of no sales. And I would, that that's where the dirty work comes in, right? The inauthenticity, the leading with vanity, the lies and manipulation and overcoming people's objectives and not just loving the client journey. Like this is all advice that comes from fixing the inner first and then going after those big dreams because if you have a piss poor attitude and you're coming from a place of lack and you're just money hungry, even if the universe handed you that lump sum of money and all of those clients and customers that you're wanting, you're not going to be able to handle it. And it will crumble beneath your feet, period, end of story. And there are exceptions to everything and people have gotten lucky. And there are people who can sustain this for a decade, but it will crumble eventually. So my number one advice is entrepreneurship is all about finding what you're passionate about and learning how to get paid for it. Trying to get paid for something and then fall in love with it is called a job. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, take the time to not make the money and fix the inner stuff first and really get on the road to to passion and success, right? Like let passion fuel that vehicle that you're driving and then allow the money to flow in. Trying to do it reverse is it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. So yeah, work on the inner stuff first and then be ready to handle the shit that the universe is going to bring you because that's the way that I've experienced it. And that's the way that my clients experience it. I totally agree. I think it's interesting. Like you were saying, you know, sometimes we don't know how to handle, we wouldn't know how to handle a large lump sum of money or more money coming in every single month. And yeah, I mean, when our business started to make more money, I own a trucking business with my husband. And um, when our business started to make more money, I noticed, obviously, yes, we have more expenses at that time too. But like when I was not prepared for that, it was way more stressful for me. My brain was like, oh my God, it went into total lack mode all the time. What if all this goes away? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if, and how much are like calculating, how much are we going to spend on this, yep. this, and this, and this, like it comes with more stress. It comes with so much more, more responsibility, more everything. So I do totally agree. And I think that is a big shift that I made in my business where when I let go of having to make any money at all, like when I had this whole like total rock bottom moment where thought Rini and I were going to really get a divorce. And I was like, just, I was literally pedaled to the metal on my business only to make money. And I still wasn't really making any money. I wasn't really making any traction. I had to stop and I had to fix all the inner stuff that you're talking about. And I had to say like, I'm okay with making nothing because this is what I'm passionate about. And this is why I do it. And this is part of my journey. And I know that money will come. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting that you said like the universe will give it to you when you're ready because Renee just said that the other day about, you know, getting this room for the podcast was a huge step 
but I don't see it as the last step for the podcast. But he was like, I can't wait because I know the universe is going to give you more when you're ready. Yep. And I was like, yes, like that shift in mindset where you're just like grateful for what you have now, you know, there's more to come, but it's just a step on the journey versus always feeling like, how can I get to that next step? I'm going to get there. I'm like, I'm pushing for it. There's nothing wrong with pushing and being determined and motivated. Like that's a huge part, but knowing that I almost, I always talk about it in my courses as like, there's no timeline. Like let's take away the fucking timeline of like, it has to come at this time, or I want to be here in six months, or I want to be there in six months. Like, let's just take away the timeline because time is just a construct that we have put on ourselves. Yeah. And pushing is different than hustling. Pushing ourselves is definitely different than hustling. And yeah, I think that just taking away the expectation of any result and, you know, there is that duality of like learning how to be happy without making money, knowing that we're going to fucking make money. Like, obviously I'm passionate about my, my job, but I'm going to tell you right now, I would not do it for no money. However, we have to learn how to be happy, literally sitting in the middle of a room, butt ass naked with nothing and learn how to be fulfilled with ourselves doing that before we can make money or we are not going to be able to handle making money. I said this in my free masterclass. It's my signature masterclass because it's my story becoming BG. The year that my millionth dollar came in, I filed bankruptcy because I didn't know how to handle the money that I was making. And so I still spent more money than I was making. Very Um, easy to do. Very easy to do. And, you know, I'm not even going to lie. It happened after that too. After I filed bankruptcy, I still had gotten into financial trouble. And thank God I have like money is my BFF. I have the best relationship with money now, right? Like I will spend, invest and make money with just complete confidence now. But before it was like, it was a fucking shit show. (laughs) It really was. And it is stressful because with those numbers coming in, we get so attached on the numbers and we get so attached on, we get attached to all of these things instead of just letting it all flow freely. And I'm telling you to the listeners here, like if you really hone in on what you love and build that solid foundation, babe, it can get you through anything. And And you don't have to go pick up the pieces every time you fall because you have that foundation. Like that is just so key. And had we done that, you know, with the first few times that we fell, we wouldn't have went through all of that traumatic devastation of like, wow, Nikki, like just get your shit together. (laughs) But no, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And it's just, it's so crazy how an object, we have to learn how to have a relationship with an object and the energy around this object, right? It's just, it's crazy. But a lot of people don't understand that until they have just crumbled so many times and then we do, and then things are great. (laughs) You know what I love is all the parallels, right? Like the parallels with our relationship with money, our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to others. Like you have three more hours because we could talk about that forever. I know. Well, I always say this is like, everything is everything, right? The way you're showing up in your relationship, the way you're showing up with your business, the way you're showing up for yourself, it's all the fucking same. Like if you're not, if you're saying that you're going to go to the gym and you don't go, I guarantee you, you're doing that in other areas of your life. Like everything is everything. So like, 
the cool part about that and the part that I always try to really, really hone in on is that, hey, I've been here before. Okay. I already learned this lesson from my relationship with money, my relationship with my husband, my relationship to my whatever. Like now I just have to take it and transfer it. I have to remember those same lessons because this is all the same. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. And the lessons just keep, they're just shifting or transferring yeah. to different things. And But we overcomplicate things. We do, of course. <laughs> of course. What would it be if we weren't overthinking and overcomplicating? I mean, oh, come I on. Yeah, life would just sure. be so, so easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah. feel you. Okay. Let's do, let's talk about your offers. So you said that you let go of your membership. So you're no longer doing your membership. So what are you offering now? And tell us how people can work with you. Yeah, absolutely. So my signature close proximity is Femi Wealth Engineer. And I'm actually in the process process of getting that trademarked. It literally started as like this small little free masterclass and has evolved into my most potent close proximity. Um, and there are different parts of different facets of Femi Wealth Engineer. So we have Femi Wealth Engineer Signature Close Proximity, which is all one-to-one Voxer. You get access to all of my programs. Um, And then we have the Voix, which is French for voice. And that is the Voxer facet of Femi Wealth. And then we have a branding facet as well. And these are actually all full for 2023. However, I do have a a one-on-one hybrid program And it's very juicy. We focus on authority that creates conversion. And that is an eight-week program. And that is just evergreen. That is always offered. Um, I always have space in there because it's it's kind of just a, you work with me, you implement it, and you kind of move on. And most people do end up in the Femme Wealth after that. Um, Another offer that I have coming up is my Sexy as Fuck Success Mastermind. It's a mini mastermind for eight weeks. And that starts August 17th. And I'm really, really excited. It's um, very high level and high energy in there right now. And so um, I actually had to go back and rework some of my pre-work to accommodate some of the women that have come (laughs) into this program. And then my last offer is launching September 11th. And that is another facet of Femme Wealth. And it is actually the Academy um, where I work with you for eight weeks and a bunch of other people. It's a live group program. And we work from foundation to launch. And this is really for like beginner or aspiring coaches, social media managers, and content creators. So yeah, several different ways to work with me right now and much more to come. So exciting. So exciting. Uh, Congratulations on your offers. A lot of your offers being fully full for 2023. That's amazing. So I'll have everything linked for Nicole down below for you guys. So you can check everything out. Um, and as well as her Instagram and find her there. She has amazing free content, of course, and you guys can connect with her over there. I would just want to say like, I am like in awe of you creating all this in the midst of everything that was happening and post everything that happened. I mean, that's just amazing. It feels like super inspiring. So I hope anybody who's listening is also inspired by this too. Thank you so much for having me. This is, this has been very elevating for me today to talk about this. And I have not talked about my story in this, um, this context, um, before. And so it was very, it was very freeing for me to do this. So thank you very much for having me here and um, getting to the nitty gritty with me. I had a lot of fun. I'm so excited. And thank you for being super open. Thank you for coming. And 
you know, it's just, uh, the universe's timing that it happened Yes. now. So I'm so happy. And thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait to see you guys next week. And until next week, I'll see you guys next week. Bye.